Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, I'm Taryn Winterbrill, host of Bestseller TV on C-Suite Radio. On this show, I sit down with leading business authors to find out what makes their books stand out from the crowd. With thousands of new business books and titles being published each year, we try to make it just a little bit easier for you to decide which ones are worth the read. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bestseller TV. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. We're here with Ron Carr. He is the author of The Velocity Mindset, How Leaders Eliminate Resistance, Gain Buy-In, and Achieve Better Results Faster. Ron, it's great to see you again. It's great to see you, Taryn. How are you? I'm well. I first want to say congratulations. This is your fifth book. Um, your fourth book, we had you on as well, Lead, Sell, or Get Out of the Way. So congratulations. Good to see you again. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to see you too. So tell us, is this a continuation of the last book? Uh, obviously, you're passionate about leadership. So, so tell us about the genesis of this book. Well, some of the elements of Lead, Sell, or Get Out of the Way, because when you look at the title of Lead, Sell, or Get Out of the Way, um, my whole premise about anybody who sells or influences, you have to be a leader. People want to deal with people who will lead them through a difficult decision they don't want to be sold to. So along that spirit, that's a continuation of the new book, The Velocity Mindset. But The Velocity Mindset really came about um, right after I was done with the presidency of the National Speakers Association in 2014. Unfortunately, I had a series of nine operations, most of my back. And for a couple of years, I was pulled up to the speaking circuit. And while I was laying there, you know, uh, convalescing, I started thinking about my life and all that I accomplished and things that I didn't accomplish yet. And I realized, you know, there were things I didn't do because of my fears or assumptions that were wrong or whatever, things that create drag on our own velocity. And given that the fact that I'm now 64, you realize your time is getting shorter and shorter. So to make it count, you know, I, I am in a uh, need to get it done sooner or later. So that's the passion. But then I realize a lot of us, you know, don't get things done for the same reasons. We either have fears that stop us. Um, we don't have the right direction that we're going after. or We're just busy in tasks, not purpose. So I think this book is really powerful for this time as we all come out of COVID, but also for people that are looking to do things a little bit better, a little bit different and get uh, better results. I did want to ask you how this book applies to the work from home environment and when you wrote it and how leadership is affected given the environment that we're now in. Right. So, um, well, if I can ask you a question, make it a little uh, interactive. Ooh. When you hear the word velocity, what's the first word that comes to your mind? Speed. Exactly. And if that's all we have, then we get burnout. True velocity based on a physics definition is speed with direction. So what we find is when people are not really grounded on the purpose of what they're trying to achieve, whether it's a phone call, whether it's a years long production or whatever, then they'll get involved in tasks that don't make sense. And they're not really dr driven by purpose. 
So when we're working from home and we don't have the interactions, it's even more important now than ever to really have a clear vision of what our purpose is all about that we're after and to make sure that our tasks are supporting that purpose and that we're not getting um, diverted to things that are not that important. Okay, so so the velocity mindset, it's that perfect balance of not only speed, but speed with direction. Right. Two of them concurrently. Yes. Okay, so what do you think, is that the biggest mistake leaders are making? They're, they're, they're focusing on the velocity or the speed and not the purpose or the direction that they're going? Yeah, a lot of times, because what happens is, um, we use in a book a concept called the clean piece of paper. So if you're going to create a new destiny for yourself, let's say uh, next year's results, let's say, and you ask yourself, what does the true destiny look like to you? What do you really want to accomplish without your biases and experience of what happened in the past? Because what people usually do is when they don't start with a clean piece of paper and they allow the past to dictate what they think is possible or not possible, then all they do is recreate the past. But if you're really looking to move upwards and forwards and achieve different results, then you really have to break from the bonds of the past because they can also be holding us back. So with a clean piece of paper, let your passion talk. What do you really want to accomplish? Forget whether or not you feel you can do it or not, just put it down. And once you have it down, then you work your way back and then you find out what are the key things that have to happen in order for you to get there. Your mindset's automatically different then. You're thinking about how to accomplish something versus why you can't. And that's a big distinction. Yeah, you mentioned the the blank piece of paper. I want to get into some of the other specifics you talk about, including the law of focus was interesting. Also, the art of the pause. But I did want to pick up on something that you said in the beginning. You you gave a little bit of a personal anecdote about the surgery you went through and reflecting on your past and the things that you had or had not accomplished. So when you look back, Ron, would you say that you were operating with, with just speed and, and not enough direction to accomplish the things that you didn't get to? Or if someone asked you, how, how, would, you, how would you describe your past and, how did, and, and your velocity mindset, I guess? That's a great question. So um, we obviously tend to teach and write about what we need to learn ourselves, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, when I look back, I know that I did not accomplish certain things because of fears. You know, I, um, I grew up as the son of a Holocaust survivor. And it's been documented that in those households, sometimes there's abuse, not sexual, but physical and verbal because they're kind of damaged and they don't want you to have a life that they had. They love you, but you know, so obviously through the abuse and being told certain things you would never say to a child, you start, your mind gets clouded. So one of the things I was told when I was young a lot was wait until your friends find out that you're a fraud. So that, that feeling of being like a fraud is a very common feeling, by the way. A lot of top actors have it. We researched it in a book. But that stopped me from going forward. And I'll give you an example. So if I do a speech and I get a 4.7 out of a 5, which is a great rating, and two people gave me a 1, I'm not worried about the 4.7. I'm worried about the 1. And then I think I'm a fraud, and then all the stories go on in my mind. But the thing is this, when people rate us, they don't rate us based on what we actually did. They rate us based on what we triggered inside of them. They rate us for their own reasons. But those are, that's an example of things that stop me from going after certain things or putting myself out there more boldly. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. 
My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. C-Suite Radio. And that's why I love what you said about this is kind of, you know, when you look back, things, you know, looking forward, things that you want to change using this velocity mindset to, to achieve your goals. Um, I did some of the things I just mentioned, um, and you talk about how to, how things affect our velocity. Uh, I like the art of the pause. Um, I guess you say it's sort of like having a board meeting with yourself. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a very, that's a very uh, favorite topic by a lot of people who review the book. So the honor of pause is simple. Before you make a phone call, before you start a project, stop, ask yourself, what, what's your real purpose on this thing? And do you actually support it? It's meant to make sure you're doing the right things. So for example, if a salesperson is about to make a phone call to a prospect and they know it takes five calls to usually get someone to buy you know, five conversations in the first call, if their goal is to sell the person, then they're going to think about selling, closing, and all they're going to do is talk a lot about what they do. They're never going to find out the challenges of the individual and they won't get the deal. But if they understand that the goal of that first call is simply to qualify them as to whether or not they are a good prospect for me and what the next steps are, then they'll be asking different questions in that sales call. So that's how it works in a sales call. Um, a lot of us had a pause this year when COVID hit. You know, a lot of us started thinking about what do we really want to accomplish? You know, is the way we're doing it going to equal it? For me, for example, I figured since I had my back surgeries, lost a lot of money, I'll keep speaking to them 70 and then I'll retire and move to Florida because I hate the winters in New York. But COVID said, why don't you move now? You know, you can always readjust your model, remote, obviously everybody's accepting. So it made me start rethinking my purpose and asking myself if my actions are supporting that. That's what the concept of the pause is. Right. So did you move, are you in Florida right now? Well, an interesting thing happened. I signed a lease last September, just begin November 1. And I talk about intuition in the book. And after I signed the lease, my intuition said, you know, maybe go back to the cardiologist and have your aorta valve checked again. It was getting tight. Maybe you should, maybe you won't go. And I said, nah, I don't need to. I said, look, you just wrote about intuition. So walk your talk. I went to the cardiologist and he pulled the fire alarm. And he says, you need this replaced now. So I had emergency open heart surgery in um, October 30th. And I'm fine now. So that delayed it by a year. But when I went through that surgery, I used every principle in the book to help me get through it. Again, what's my purpose? You know, what, what, what do I really want to accomplish? And what are the steps that I have to do to put myself in the best position to accomplish that? So you can use the concepts of the, in the velocity mindset, not just at work, but for anything you apply to in life. 
Yeah, I thought it was a, well, first off, we're so happy that you're well and the surgery and you're feeling good and the surgery went Thank smoothly. You. First and foremost, um, we're so happy to see you. Um, but yeah, you do, you Me mentioned too. that in the book um, about the surgeon and, and the surgeon's techniques and their whole disposition kind of, um, you know, using all these leadership skills that you write about. Why was it important for you to, to put that in the book? Well, one of the things that I've learned as a speaker and also as um, a coach to CEOs and everything is that vulnerability sells. Now, not because you just want to make a sale, but that's where the emotional connection is. Whenever you want to influence people, whatever it is you're trying to get them to buy into, there's two parts to the body that are important, the heart and the mind. Most people go straight to the mind and they give them all the reasons to do that. But there's no emotional connection yet. So they're not even listening. The vulnerability helps build that emotional connection. When I was getting ready to give my acceptance speech, you know, uh, being president of the National Speakers Association, I was working with a past president on the speech. And, you know, and she kept saying to me, you know, you need to put um, something in there up front about the, uh, your speech impediment or your accent. Because if you don't, that'll be the big elephant in the room. And I said, no one wants to hear that. These are business people, you know, they don't want to hear it. Well, I actually then crafted a story to open my talk on my vulnerability of, you know, having a speech impediment when I was young, what it did to me and how I overcame it. Then I never even dreamed of being the president of the National Speakers Association with that impediment. Well, I tried it out at a young president's organization meeting, a YPO, and I can't tell you how many CEOs who came up to me and said, I had the same issue when I was young. Well, when they can relate to you like that, now they're listening to you. So when I was talking to the surgeon in her office and I just realized, you know, she was having a tough conversation that leaders need to have, but she had an uncanny empathy, which we teach. So, you know, she was very strict with me and my daughter when she says, here's the reason why you need it now. And here's how you can die in two years if you don't do it. And she needed to get my attention. And then two days later, after all the test results came and said, okay, we need to do open heart and here's how we're going to do it. She goes, how are you feeling? I said, well, you know, I had 16 surgeries up to this point, including my back. And I don't know if I can deal with it again. You know, I, I don't want to go for that again. She goes, I understand what you're talking about. I know what you've been through, but I'm telling you, we are going to get you through this. She goes, think about what I'm talking about and I'll call you later. And she did. She called me later that day and asked me how I'm thinking. And I gave her still some of my own doubts. And she goes, look, we do thousands of these. All right, we will get you through this. I said, yes, but as a doctor, she goes, no, no, no. You're not the patient, I'm not the doctor. We are now entering into a partnership for life. And if you do what you need to do and I do what I need to do, you're gonna come out of this really well. How many doctors have you heard speak to you like that? You know, with the empathy, but also willing to tell you what the real deal is. And so she got my attention, she got my buy-in and together we worked and it was amazing. And it was so impactful of how she dealt with me. I just finished the manuscript. And I said to my publisher, we gotta rewrite the introduction. So I rewrote it and then sent it in before I went into the night. That's how impactful it was. Yeah, no kidding, it really is. And I, you know, you, you, there was buy-in involved which is in the title of the book and how it relates to not just, you know, the mindset in an office or a traditional office setting, this is a mindset going into an operation, you know, a life-changing operation. Yeah, anything you're powerful. dealing with. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it's very, very powerful. Um, so 
Ron, did you write a lot of this book then throughout COVID? Was, you know, how did, how did you have to pivot given what you said <clears throat> personally, but also this new trajectory of how, how we live now? So when COVID came and hit and lockdown started, the book was one of my projects. Um, I wasn't actively, well, I mean, look, we're constantly writing a book because it's the material we've been working with our clients for the last couple of years, right? So I decided when COVID hit, I was not going to go after a lot of webinars like my colleagues were because, you know, people weren't paying for them. They weren't paying enough. And it, I just felt like the best use of my time would be to go all in and write the book and get it done. So when the economy is ready to um, come back like it is now, the book's ready to launch and it'll be the right thing strategically for me. I have a couple of, you know, I have a few consulting clients that are on retainer, so they were able to pay my bills, you know, as I was going through this. Yeah. So that was the decision and the strategy that I made. Great. Well, the book's terrific. Um, you, you obviously, you know what you're talking about uh, when it comes to leadership. This is your fifth book. Um, it, it, there's, a, there's a roadmap and how it's applicable, you know, not just to, like we said, uh, work applicable to life. So uh, we're so happy you're well. And uh, is book number six to come, Ron? Uh, yes, but it's not in my mind right now because all I'm consumed right now is with book number five. Aha, uh -huh. copy that. <laughs> Us too. Well, congratulations again, and uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you so much, Karen. If you'd like more information on the book, just check out our website. It's csweetbookclub.com. That's c-sweetbookclub.com. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time right here on Bestseller TV via Zoom. Like what you just heard, visit c-sweetradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.